Hey guys, good evening. My name is Toyeshe Oyebade from the Reconciliation Ministry and I'm excited to be with you once again. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your feedbacks. God bless you abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved of God, for the month of May, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we started treating the topic entering divine rest right and last week you were able to see that oftentimes we don't even know that um divine rest is a concept is a um, concept for believers many people feel like you know it's another word in the dictionary or many people feel like it is when we get to heaven that we can only you know enjoy total rest whereas for believers heaven starts right here on earth right god is not going to wait till we you know transcend in our spirit men for us to experience you know divinity right from where we are now the moment we give our lives to christ we started to experience eden as god um intended it to happen you know it was the fall of man that that um that came in the way of eden where god wanted us to be you know but when jesus christ came he reconciled us back to god so that you know we really don't have to do much right you remember that in eden god had done everything you know god had put everything in place right and god gave adam a task of being the caretaker you know so even though Adam had work to do in quotes, he wasn't really putting in effort to see things happen because things had already happened, right? So it was just, it was gardening, it was, it was nurturing, it was seeing that everything was going along with plan. So it means that when we came to Christ and we restored to Eden, we restored to God's initial plan for our lives, whatever work we are doing should be in context of what god has already done so it means that when we are working outside of what god has given us to garden to nurture to take care of then that is where we start encountering problems now adam didn't have to bother about if rain was going to fall on the crops or if productivity was going to happen or if he was going to be able to harvest because you know eden was a perfect place that god had put everything in place the sun was rising when it was supposed to rise and it was setting when it was supposed to set productivity was on you know was what was on a high rank if i can put it like that things were going the way they were supposed to go so all adam had to do was to prune you know take care of you know just ensure that things were going according to what god's divine plan so it means that there is no type of rest that we can imagine that we would get if we are not first and foremost in god's divine plan so it will be a a a goose white chase if we are you know running after rest if we are desiring to have rest when we are not even in our places of primary assignment when we don't even know god when we don't even believe 
that there is something called the virus. We identified that last week that many people don't even believe that the virus on earth is feasible. When we are talking about the virus, do I mean that, you know, things will go as planned or that, you know, there will be no struggle or there will be no trouble? No. Remember that God has told us in his word that we should come to him when we are what burdened and he will give us rest. So it means that even before you are about to encounter that challenge, there is a solution. Even before, you know, it was just like the way COVID came and, you know, people were panicking. The moment there was a vaccine, you notice that the rate at which people were panicking reduced. Because even before you catch COVID in quotes, there is already what? A remedy. I don't know if you understand my point. So when there is a solution in place, you don't have to bother about the problem because you know that all you have to do is to go. The instruction was what? Come to me. And what is the response to coming? It is going. So when God says, come to me when you're heavy laden, when you're burdened, when you're stressed, when you're going through challenges, and what? I will give you rest. Now, beloved of God, you know that you, you only have the capacity to go where you are in your primary place of assignment. Many of us, we don't even hear God's word because we are not even where we are supposed to be. Many of us are desiring divine rest in the wrong places. We are desiring divine rest in the wrong atmosphere. We've not even identified what God wants us to do at this time. That was why, you know, last month when we were talking about such a time as this, we are able to see that God always has a purpose. God always has a purpose. None of us is here by chance. None of us is here by accident. Even when, even if our parents told us that, you know, they, they didn't plan to have a second child and they, they only wanted to have one, and, you know, it seemed like you were an accident. Beloved of God, in God's agenda, you were not an accident. So God knows what he is doing. And so how we can even come to him, how we can go to him when we are heavy laden, is when, you know, you are burdened for the right things. Many of us are burdened with the wrong things. We are saddled with responsibilities that we should not even be saddled with. Many of us have the wrong baggages. We are carrying on baggages of, you know, emotional trauma and pain and, and insecurities that we should not even be identified with. Now, beloved of God, remember when Jesus was with the disciples in, in the boat and, you know, there was, there was um, a storm. The disciples were, they were bodied, you know. They were caring for the things that they should not. Of course, it looked physically, you know, sensible. No, you know, it appeared physically sensible to want to do something about the storm. Right? Humanly speaking, what they were doing seemed to make sense. A storm was raging and they were, you know, trying to see what they could do to avert further damages. And so, but Jesus Christ, on the other hand, <laughs> was resting. He was sleeping. Because he knew by far 
that the body of trying to calm this storm was not on them. All they had to do was to speak to the storm and the storm would do what? Obey the voice. Because, you know, they are not speaking of their own accord. They are speaking the word of God to the storm. Igniting what God has already provided in his word to calm the storm. You know, believers are not people without options. We are not helpless people. We are not confused people. We are not stranded people. There is always help in Zion for a child of God that calls on no 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 has made us understand that when we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be strong, we will be mighty, we will do exploits. There is always help for us in Zion. So it doesn't mean that life would always be smooth or that you know what if the economy of Nigeria does not go back to the way it was before. Do you know that despite the fact that things are hard, some people are still flourishing? So, blood of God, the current famine we are experiencing now is not new. Right from the days of Abraham, people have experienced famine. But right there in the midst of, of, of lack, there were God's people that were experiencing plenty. Right in the midst of famine, there were people that God was providing for. Because the responsibility to take care of yourself is not on you. So many times, many of us are, you know, we are burdened. We are, we are heavy laden. We have stuff on our minds. Things that when we try to dissect, we realize that it is not even in your place to worry about. It's not even in your place to think about. So whereas when we should be bothered about the good things, like which soul am I getting for Christ today? How will Africa burn for Christ? If you are bothered about things like that, then that is, you know, that is a good kind of body. Where your heart is burning for the souls, where your heart is burning for the lost souls, and you are, you know, you are determined to ensure that everybody that comes in contact with you takes an ounce of Jesus away with them. Now, that is what you can be bothered about. But what will happen to me tomorrow? Will I get married? Will I give birth? Little God has made us realize that seek ye first the kingdom of God. He didn't say seek ye first the kingdom of God and then seek other material things. No. The only thing we are supposed to seek what is are supposed to be burdened in court about is the kingdom of God. And then there is a cross. Every other thing will be what added unto you. Not that you would have to ask for it. Not that you would have to be burdened about it. Not that you have to labor for it. But every other thing that you need will be given to you. Now, if you remember the story of Solomon and how, you know, after sacrificing a thousand, you know, um, animals to God God told him "Ah, you know that sacrifice to move to God and so God asked him what do you want because for you to do to, for you to bring this amount of sacrifice there is something that you must be needing so God asked him what do you want and Solomon said the way God has helped his father God should give him wisdom too to govern these people 
Now this was him seeking, you know, the word of God just Christ told us that that will be done on earth as is in heaven. So heaven is a place of God's will. Heaven is, is a full Eden. This world has been corrupted. But it is every believer's desire that heaven will be done on earth. So before this earth will pass away, we must wake up with a burden every day that how will God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nobody is, is struggling about fulfilling God's will in heaven. The order is perfect. Everybody knows what they are supposed to do because they are working in alignment. But on earth, we have been corrupted. But thanks to the you know, death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have been reconciled to God. But unfortunately, not all of us have been reconciled back to God. Just a fraction of us. So it means that the whole world, even though God... Even though God has sent his son to die for us, salvation is not automatic. Because just Christ died for the whole world does not mean that, oh, automatically the whole world is saved. No. There is a simple step that we have to take, which is what you and I have taken. We have come to Christ with our burden. We have handed over our burden to him and he has given us eternal security. He has given us eternal life. He has given us assurance that because we are in him, we will no longer die. And I don't mean physical death. You know what I mean. As long as we are in him, eternity is secured. Some people now will be praying prayers like, ah, let me shall make heaven. Believers don't pray such prayers because the moment you came to Christ, you entered heaven. You changed location. You got another DNA in you. Even though you still bear your surname, your real surname is in Christ. Your real identity is in Christ. You are a man and woman in Christ. So because of that, your full attention is in seeking the kingdom of God. Everywhere you go, how will God's will be done at my place of work? How will God's will be done in my school? How will God's will be done in my marriage? That is what we are supposed to be seeking. But beloved of God, many of us are seeking money. We are seeking affluence. We are seeking riches. We are seeking power. We want to be known. We want to, you know, we, we, we want to be identified with people that are moving things. But beloved of God, every mover and shaker of the world, everything ends on earth. No matter how much money you have, your currency cannot be spent in heaven. So even if you have a hundred billion pounds, the only place that that money can be spent is on earth. So it means that the day you die, your money becomes useless to you. The day you die, your certificates become useless to you and even to anybody. <laughs> So what are we running after? What are we burdened about? Why are we stressed? The simple fact is because we are pursuing what we are not supposed to pursue. We are going after the things we are not supposed to go after. We are we have our minds so burdened. Because, you know, our friends are doing this and our friends are doing that. Newsflash, everything you desire in life will end here. 
is it marriage companionship money influence affluence power everything you desire everything that is making you stay awake up all night will end on earth give or take a hundred years by the time you start moving to 101, 102, even your grandchildren will be saying, ah, where will mama go like this? Although they, they, they don't want you to die, but, you, you know, really, by the time you're 100, you said you want to go. So how, how much is 100 against eternity? How will a man use 100 years of his life to actively pursue everything but... What is supposed to actually pursue that would secure his eternity? So you agree with me that it is foolishness to, to, to live our lives over 100 when in honesty our souls will live forever, whether in heaven or in hell. So because your soul will live forever, you are supposed to be more what? focused on where you will be spending eternity because even if you live for a hundred years it is just a fraction of eternity imagine how many years have passed since jesus christ came to the world more than two thousand years have passed and thousands of people have come and gone within that space of time so imagine somebody now that did not give his life to christ in 1860 Ha. And he died in 1960. It's been 50-something years. Or is it 60? Yes. It's been 60 years. 62, right? It's been 62 years since the person died. So if the person is not... If the person's soul is not going to heaven, you know where it is going. So, Lord of God, we need to focus... Because half of the things burdening us are worldly things. None of us, no, let me say none of us. Many of us are not burdened about the people of God. We, th- we leave it for the pastors. I'm not a pastor now. Which is why many people would call people that have ministries pastors. Because they just assume that. Ah. So the moment you start talking about Jesus, then you are a pastor. Whereas the Great Commission is a call to every believer. It wasn't a call to the Pauls and the and the Matthews. It was a call to to the Daniels, to the Josephs, to the Sarahs. It was a call to everybody. Short, tall, slim, chubby, black, white, whoever you are, there is a call of God on your life. To do what? Live in God's will. Remember, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you have not been living your life with the consciousness that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and you are burdened, they miss that you are burdened with the wrong things. Is it, it is good to get married. It is good to have kids. It is good to have money. In fact, money answers to a lot of things. To propagate the gospel, we also need money. Fantastic. 
But that cannot be our driving force. That cannot be our inspiration. Our life's um, compass cannot revolve around just having money. Money is a means. It is never an end. So, beloved of God, as we go through the month of May, we will be, we will be re-evaluating what are the things actually causing us to worry. Are they worth it? What has God said about divine rest? And what is he saying now to you? Beloved of God, I call you blessed. Bye. Uh.